Dive into a world of slime, Chapter 1. Greetings, fellow light novel enthusiasts. Join us on Read With Me Light Novel as we embark on a delightful journey into the fantastical world of that time I got reincarnated as a slime. In this episode, we unravel the opening chapter, exploring the whimsical and magical tale of Remura Tempest. Share your thoughts in the comments. What aspects of the first chapter captured your imagination, or what are you excited to discover in the world of slime? For more in-depth discussions or personal reflections, drop us an email at read.with.me.light.novels at gmail.com. Tune in and let the slime-filled adventure begin on Read With Me Light Novel. Hashtag reincarnated as a slime, hashtag light novel, hashtag read with me light novel, prologue death and reincarnation. It was just your typical kind of life. I graduated from college, landed a job. At a sort of big general contractor outfit, and with my older brother taking care of our parents for me, I was currently enjoying all the myriad benefits of the bachelor pad life. Age 37. No significant other. I wasn't exactly short or frumpy or hideous or anything. But when it came to the opposite sex, apparently I had nothing to offer. I'd made efforts. Along those lines, with varying degrees of dedication, but by the third rejection, something fizzled out within me. Besides, really, at this age, I was kinda past the point where a girlfriend needed to be my main focus. Work kept me busy enough. Plus, it wasn't like I was gonna die without. 1. I'm not making excuses, alright? It's just that I started thinking. Oh, hello, sir. Sorry we're late. There he was, walking toward me, bursting with all that youthful energy. Of his. He and the beautiful woman next to him. His name was Tamora, one. Of the guys who worked under me, and she was Saatari, the front desk, lady and pretty much the girl around the office. These bums asked to see me because they were getting married and wanted my advice. In other words, this meeting was the whole reason I was brooding over why I was such a failure at personal relationships. I was leaning against a telephone pole at the intersection where we'd agreed to meet after work, thinking to myself. Nah, I nodded a greeting at Saatari and asked, what did you want to talk about? Oh, good to meet you. My name's Miho Saatari. I've seen you at work a lot, but, um, I guess this is the first time I've spoken to you, huh? It makes me kind of nervous, somehow. I'm the one who should be nervous, lady. My mind griped to itself. It's not like I'm any good at speaking to women. How about a little sympathy? Here? Any way you looked at it, I was the wrong person to ask. I knew nothing. About love. They were doing this just to spite me, I was sure of it. Pretty. Sure, anyway. Oh, there's nothing to be nervous about, I replied. Satoru Mikami. It's good to meet you, Miss Saatari, although you're famous enough, around the office, that you hardly need to even introduce yourself, huh? Tamora and I went to the same college, and we kinda hit it off during his training period, so that's how we know each other. Famous? Oof. Not famous in a weird way, I hope? Oh, you know. I hear stories about you dating Kamayama or Messin. Around with Mr. Kahara in management. Somehow, I decided that picking on her would be a good idea. I just meant it as a passing joke, but it made Sawatari's face turn a bright shade of red, her eyes watering up a bit. It was cute, in a way. People were always telling me to tone that stuff down, that I needed to consider people's feelings more or, if not that, at least make it funnier but I couldn't help myself. So mark that down as another failure. Maybe I really do have a crap. Personality. Tamora took that chance to intervene, giving Saatari a pat on the shoulder. Damn it, Tamora. So blessed with the natural charm you need to 
live a decent life. I wish people like you would just explode. Ah, stop being mean to her, he admonished with an effortless smile. And don't worry, Miho, he's just having a little fun with you. Cool, refreshing, and completely guileless, Tamora was impossible to hate. He was still just 28, quite a bit younger than I was, but we got on well nonetheless. I probably owed him at least a few. Congratulations. Ha, huh, sorry, I said, figuring there was no reason to let my jealousy devour me. I can't help but needle people like that sometimes. But no point standing here on the sidewalk. Wanna get something to eat while we talk? Ayah. Screams. Chaos. What is, what's going on? Move, I'll kill you. I turned around to find a man sprinting toward me, a backpack in one hand and a kitchen knife in the other. I could hear shrieking. He was coming my way with a knife. A knife? And at the other end of it, Tamora. The moment I shoved Tamora aside, I felt a burning pain run across my back. My body balled up as it collapsed to the ground, trying to withstand the shock. I couldn't tell what had happened. I wanted to move, but I couldn't. Get the hell out of my way, the man shouted as he ran off. I watched him go and then checked to see how my companions were. The suddenness of it all had reduced Tamora to a stupor, but he was unhurt. That was good. But, man, was my back burning. So hot. Beyond anything I'd describe as pain. What's up with that? It's too hot. Give me a break. Confirmed. Resist heat, successfully acquired. Did I? Did I just get stabbed? So I'm gonna die from a stabbing? Holy crap. Confirmed. Resist piercing weapon, successfully acquired. Following up with resist melee attack. Successfully acquired. And Mr. Mikami, you're bleeding. You won't stop bleeding. I really didn't need to hear that right now. Was that Tamora? I thought I heard some kind of weird voice. If it was Tamora, then so be it. I'm bleeding? Well, duh. I'm only human. If you stab me, I'll probably bleed all over you, yes. Damn, this was starting to hurt, though. Confirmed. Cancel pain, successfully acquired. Um. Well, shit. All this pain and panic was starting to screw around. With my consciousness. Titamura. Shut up. It. It's nothing big, alright? Quit worrying. Mr. Mikami, you're. The blood, Tamora tried to hold me up, face. Drained of color and looking about ready to break into sobs. So much for. That bravado from two minutes ago. I tried to see how Saatari was doing, but my vision was too fogged up to manage it. Now the burning feeling on my back was starting to fizzle out. Instead, an intense, frigid cold was attacking me from head to toe. That. That's. Probably bad. People die once they bleed too much, don't they? Confirmed. Constructing a blood-free body. Successful. Hey, what are you talking about? I can't hear you too well. I tried to speak. And failed. Shit. I think this might really be it. Like, the pain and the heat were. Pretty well gone by now. It was just cold. Cold as hell. I felt as if I was. Gonna freeze in place. Who knew dying could keep you so damn busy? Confirmed. Resist cold, successfully acquired. Combined with. The previously acquired resist heat, the skill has progressed to. Resist temperature. Just then, what remained of my increasingly oxygen-deprived brain cells. Chanced upon a flash of brilliance. Oh, crayap, the files on my hard drive. I summoned up my remaining wells of strength, striving to relay the 
final regret I had left in life. Tamara. If. If anything bad happens to me, take my computer, okay? Put it in the bathtub, turn it on, and just fry everything on the disk for. Me, man. Confirmed. Electricity-based deletion of data. Cannot execute. More information required. Substituting with resist electricity. Successfully acquired. It took a moment for my plea to register with Tamora. He gave me a blank stare. Then he snickered. Haha. That's just like you, isn't it? Even if it was just a snicker, it beat having to depart this plane of existence with a grown man blubbering on top of me. I'd take it. All I wanted was to show Saatari off to you, too, he continued. Pfft. Ha. Huh. I knew it. That bastard. It's fine, okay? Make her a happy woman. I wrung out the last bit of strength my body had to offer. Just kill my PC for me. It was just your typical kind of life. I graduated from college, landed a job. At a sort of big general contractor outfit, and with my older brother taking care of our parents for me, I was currently enjoying all the myriad benefits of the bachelor pad life. And I was a virgin. Imagine that. Floating off to meet my maker in completely unused condition. My manhood was probably crying its single eye out right then. Sorry, I couldn't make you a real grown-up. If there's such a thing as reincarnation, I'm gonna go on the attack next time, I promise. I'll head up. Everyone I see, stalking my prey before I go in for the kill. Okay, not like that, but confirmed. Unique skill predator, successfully acquired. I mean, here I was, looking at forty without ever losing my virginity. Like an old sage meditating in the mountains. Another few years, and I probably could have been the great sage of celibacy. Not the road I wanted to. Take in life, but there you go. Confirmed. Extra skill sage, successfully acquired. Evolving. Extra skill sage into unique skill, great sage. Successful. Hey, someone mind telling me who's talking? What do you mean, unique skill, great sage? Someone trying to start something with me? There's nothing unique about that. If you think I'm finding that funny, I'm not. That's just mean, man. Before I could continue down that train of thought, however, I fell. Asleep. Weird how death's nowhere near as lonely as I thought it'd be. That was the last thought I had on the mortal plane. Chapter 1 My First Friend It was dark. Too dark to see anything. Where was I? What even happened, for that matter? Someone was picking on me for being a celibate sage or something, and then that was enough to jumpstart my mind again. My name was Satoru Mikami. Just another 37-year-old in a suit. And when I shoved my coworker aside on the street, some random maniac stabbed me. Good. I remembered all of that. Which meant I must be. Fine. No need for panic. That wasn't like me anyway. I was known for having a cool head. The last time I panicked, it was grade school and all I did was wet my pants, just a little bit. I tried looking at my surroundings. Then I noticed, I couldn't open my eyes. Odd, I thought as I tried to rub them and my arms didn't respond. And, more to the point, where's my head, anyway? This was getting confusing. Like, whoa. Wait a sec. I needed some time. To deal with this. Whenever I start freaking out, I always find it helpful to sit still and start. Counting prime numbers until I calm down. Let's try that. One, two, three. Wait. One doesn't count as a prime number, does it? Ugh. Now wasn't the time for this. I couldn't let myself think about. This stupid crap. This was bad, wasn't it? Like, what's going on, here? Was. 
I, like, passed the point of no return, unless I did something? Panicking, I checked to see whether I was hurt anywhere. I didn't seem to be. Physically, I felt terrific. No cold, no heat, perfectly comfortable. That, at least, came as a relief. Now for my hands and legs. Oop. Not so. Hot there. No response from any of my limbs. What's up with that? Getting stabbed in the back wouldn't force the doctors to amputate all my extremities, would it? I'd kind of like those back. Then there was the whole, can't open my eyes, thing. I was in a world of darkness, where I couldn't see a thing. An anxiety like none I'd ever felt. Before began welling up in my mind. Am I, in a coma or something? I was conscious, certainly, but had I gotten detached from my central nervous system, maybe? Oh, man, anything but that. I mean, think about it. When you throw a guy into a dark, enclosed space, it takes practically no time at all for him to go insane. And that was exactly where I was, and I couldn't even die in peace any longer, it looked like. If insanity was all that waited for me here, that was enough to take the wind out of anybody's sails. Just then, I felt something brush against my body. Hmm? What's that? I focused all of my senses on this unknown sensation. It felt like grass against what might have been the side of my stomach. Concentrating on the sensations, I slowly began sousing out what was around me. I could feel the pointy edges of some nearby leaves prick against my body. It made me a little happy, really. I was in total darkness a moment ago, but now I had my sense of touch back, at least. It made me so overjoyed that I made a beeline for the grass, and creep. I could feel my body sliding flat against the ground. I, I moved. This, at least, was clear evidence that I was not on any kind of hospital bed. The feeling beneath my stomach took the form of hard, jagged rock. Hmm. It still didn't make much sense to me, but I appeared to be outdoors, so I headed toward the grass, keeping my senses keen against what I touched, although I still wasn't quite clear on where my head was. There was nothing to smell, I wasn't sure whether I had that sense or not. Really, I had no idea what I was shaped like. I felt, flowing, jelly-like. Kind of like a certain fantasy monster I was well familiar with. In fact, the idea had been running through my head for a while now. No. Come on. That's just silly. Anything but that. I decided to leave that anxiety-inducing prospect behind for the time being and instead try out the final, untested one of my five human senses. Not that I knew where my mouth was. So, now what? Suddenly, a voice ran across my mind. Use unique skill, predator? Yes. No. Huh? W-H what? Unique skill, predator? And what was up with that voice? I thought I heard something weird. When I was talking with Tamora earlier. That wasn't just me imagining. Things? Was someone there? Something didn't seem quite right with it. It. Wasn't that I thought I had a visitor. So much as, well, as I just had words. Floating into my mind. Cold, unfeeling words, like a computer-generated. Voice. Let's go with no for now. No response. I waited a while for one, but no further voices came. It. Appeared there wouldn't be a second question. Did I make the wrong? Choice? Was this the kind of game where you got stuck if you didn't start? Giving yes answers? I was assuming the question would just repeat. Forever until I said yes, like any normal RPG. Guess not. Kind of rude of that voice, though. Showing up, asking a simple question, then disappearing forever. It was nice hearing someone for a change, but, the hell, man?
Oh well. Let's go on with what I was trying before. My sense of taste. I moved toward the grass I felt earlier. As it brushed up against me, I leaned forward, feeling the whole of my weight settle over the field. It was. Definitely grass of some sort. Once I was sure of that, I suddenly realized that the area where the plants met my body was starting to melt. I thought it was myself melting at first, but apparently it was only the grass. And with that, I could now tell that the components of the plant life beneath me were being taken into my body. So that was how it worked? Instead of having a mouth to eat with, I just ingested plant matter with my whole body? It sure didn't taste like anything. From this, there were a few conclusions I could sensibly make. First, I was no longer human. That was a given by now. So did I really get stabbed to death? It didn't seem like much of an open question at this point. It'd also explain why I was resting on a rocky patch of grass instead of in a hospital room. What happened to Tamora? To Saatari? Did he scramble my hard drive? For me, like he promised? I was full of questions, but also a suspicion that, by this point, none of them really mattered anymore. I had to think about what came next. So, is this it? Am I really a you know, with the kind of tactile feedback I'm getting at the moment. I trained my senses back inside my body. It responded with a rhythmic motion. Boing. Sproing. Slowly, inside the total darkness, I took the time to ascertain the exact boundaries of my form. Heavens, I used to be such a handsome, attractive man, and now I'm so fluid. So aerodynamic. Yeah, right. You think I'd accept this just like that? As far as I could feel, there was no longer any doubting it. I could. Picture it in my mind. I mean, what else could it be? Not like I had a prejudice against it. Hell, it was kinda cute, if anything. But was it for me, though? If you took a poll, I think at least nine out of. Ten people would have the same answer. I would just have to accept it, though. Accept the fact that my soul, or whatever you want to call it, had been reborn inside a monster from another world. The odds of such a thing seemed astronomically low to me, but, but I'd been reborn. As a slime. Munch, munch. Munch, 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 munch. I just snacked on some grass. Why did I do that? Well, why not? Not like I had anything else to do. It had been a few days or so since I was pretty much forced to accept the fact that I was now a slime. How many, I wasn't exactly clear on. The passage of time is tough to pick up on when all you can see is total darkness. One discovery I had stumbled upon over the past few days was that a slime's body could be way more useful than at first sniff. I never got hungry, for one, nor did I get tired. Food and sleep, for me, were wholly unnecessary. And I had divined something else, too. I couldn't be completely sure, but there didn't seem to be anything else living around. Here. In terms of danger, I wasn't sure there was any to speak of. My days were blissfully free of worry. Or anything else, really. The whole time, I never heard that voice again. By this point, I wouldn't have minded a little companionship. But no. It was just me, the grass, and me eating it for lack of much else to do. It was simply a way to kill time. And by this point, I could sense the entire process, my body absorbing the blades, dismantling them internally, sorting through all the components, and storing them away. What it all meant, I couldn't say. It was starting to frighten me a bit. I needed to do something, or I'd lose my mind. So I kept going through the cycle, absorb, break down, store up. But there was something odd about 
The process. Elimination never factored into it, somehow. Not even once. Maybe slimes didn't need to do that. Hell, not like I'd know either way. But. Where was all this stuff I was ingesting going, then? My senses told me that. My form hadn't changed in any appreciable manner from when I first arrived. So what the hell? Received. It is being stored in the stomach of the unique skill. Predator. Current physical space usage is less than 1%. What? Whoa. It speaks. But since when was I using any skills? I thought I answered no back. There. Received. The unique skill, predator, is not being used. The matter being ingested into your body is set to automatically be stored in your stomach. This can be changed as needed. Oh? Well, nice to see we're having a real back and forth, finally. But back to business. If I use this skill, what happens then? Received. The unique skill, predator, chiefly comprises the Following five effects. Predation, takes the target into your body. Lesser chance of. Success if the target has its own consciousness. Can be targeted on organic and inorganic objects, as well. As skills and magic. Analysis, analyzes and researches targets, taken into your body. Let's you create craftable items. If they're required. Materials are present, allows you to make a copy of the item. Successful analysis of the casting method allows you to learn the target's skills and magic. Stomach stores the predated target. Can also store materials. Created via analysis. Items stored in your stomach are unaffected by time. Mimicry reproduces the form and skills of absorbed targets. Only available once the target has been analyzed. Isolate, stores harmful effects, incapable of being analyzed, neutralizing them and breaking them down into magical force. Um. What? For the first time in a while, I was thrown. That sounded like kind of an incredible ability, not exactly the kind of thing slimes were known for. At least not the ones I knew. And, hang on. Who was this voice answering my questions, anyway? Was someone there? Received. This is the effect of the unique skill, Great Sage. The skill has taken effect, making it more immediately available. A sage, huh? And here I thought that voice was just screwing with me. Now it was the best partner I had. Hope that keeps up. Hell, anything would have been fine at that point. As long as it helped. Smooth out the endless solitude I was preparing myself for. For all I knew, this voice was something my mind had crafted to keep my marbles intact. It was fine by me. For the first time in ages, I could feel a burden lifting. From my heart. By my count, it had been ninety days since I was reincarnated as a slime. To be more precise, 90 days, 7 hours, 34 minutes, and 52 seconds. How was I so sure about this? Turned out that was one of the many side effects of evoking that great sage skill. Holy cats, was that thing helpful? Talk about your best friend in a pinch. Any question that popped to mind, it instantly provided the answer. According to this sage, it took 90 days for the skill to fully fuse itself with my soul. Normally, it would be unable to provide responses in the form of conversation, but in order to answer my questions, it apparently revamped itself, diverting part of its world language powers to assist me. That's how it was explained to me, at least. This useful ability, relaying words into my mind, isn't normally possible. As it explained to me, this world language was heard only when there were great changes to the world or when you either earned or upgraded a skill, something that normally didn't happen all that often. These skills were obtained only rarely when the world recognized that you had grown in one way or another. 
Evolution, meanwhile, was something most people never got to experience in their lives. It was all Greek to me, but if that was how it was, I was willing to accept it. So the great sage was answering my questions at the moment, but otherwise it was this totally passive thing. No real sentience or anything. Unless I spoke up, it would never talk to me of its own volition. That was the only real drawback, but tossing words around with someone again was a wonderful feeling, even if it was a one-way street. Although, back in my home world, having a conversation with my own skill might have been considered strange. So there I was, still locked in darkness, asking a barrage of questions. One thing the replies confirmed was that yes, I was a slime now. I also found out why I never got hungry or sleepy. The slimes in this world, it turned out, never had to eat if they could keep absorbing the magic particles or magicules in the air. In less magically abundant regions, I would be obliged to fill up by absorbing monsters or small creatures. Most slimes shied away from areas with low magic presences, but the Ones that didn't were apparently both quite strong and madly vicious. Usually it was the other way around, where a wealth of local magic meant. Especially strong monsters. In other words, the area I took up residence in was so laden with magic. That I didn't even have to eat. As for the sleep question. Received. The body of a slime consists of a mass of completely. Identical cells. Each individual cell may function as a brain cell, a nerve cell, or a muscle cell. Since the operational cells used for thought are rotated in and out at regular intervals, there is no need for you to sleep. This raised the question of where my memories were being held, exactly. Maybe it was kind of like a RAID setup on a computer? That would be close enough, came the response. Considering its lack of personality, the sage certainly came up with some snappy replies. Speaking of which, the great sage skill consisted of five effects. Hasten. Thought. Boosts perception speed by a thousand times. Analyze. And. Assess. Analyzes and assesses the target. Parallel. Operation. Operates on any matter you wish to analyze, separating it from the regular thought process. Cast. Cancel. Annuls the casting period required when using. Magic, etc. All of. Creation. Provides full coverage of all unsuppressed matter. And phenomena in this world. All of creation? So I know about everything, everywhere, with no, effort on my part? Score. Or so I thought. It turned out that I could only be told information related to things I'd already heard about, in other words, I needed to recognize and understand a concept before I could grab a full analysis of it. And the spell thing, did that mean I could instantly use any magic once? I learned it? And, like, there was magic in this world and stuff? The great sage replied with a big yes. Well, once I knew that, I just had to try to learn a few spells myself. I checked with the sage to see if it could help me cast magic, but that was a no-go. Eh, it was worth a shot. Still, I had another great idea. Could I link the predator analysis skill with great sage parallel operation? Received. It is possible to link predator analysis with great sage parallel operation. Do you wish to link them? Yes. No. Uh, yeah? Not that I had anything to analyze yet. Wait. Or did I? That. Grass in my stomach. The stuff I had been eating to pass the time. What was? That? Not like I had anything else to do. Let's give it a try. Off you go, Sage. Analysis complete. Hippocute herbs, a type of ingredient used in healing medication, only thrives in areas blessed with high local magic densities. Fusing its juice with magicules produces recovery medicine. Grinding the blades 
and fusing them with magicules produces a cell that closes wounds. Wow. That was what I'd been snacking on? Talk about an unexpected. Windfall. I immediately set out to create some medicine of my very own. The process took place inside my body, so it didn't really feel much like crafting, but the analysis took less than a second, and within another three-ish, I had my very first potion. Five minutes, and I could have had a hundred. And while I didn't have anything else to compare it to, using my great sage, skills to assess them resulted in a high-quality rating. So there you go. I was happy enough with it, at least. It all went so fast, too. I asked the sage about it, and it said the process usually took more time than that. Linking it with parallel operation must have been the right idea, I suppose. To test that theory out, I unlinked it long enough to create a single potion. It took 50 minutes. Damn, that was slow. Looks like I had the foresight to stumble across some mega-compatible skills to combine. Not that I knew what I was doing at all. Some of your garden-variety weeds were also sprouting here and there, but most of the local grasses were hippocute. How about that? So I decided, as a little insurance, to predate all the herbs I could in the area and turn my stomach into a little recovery potion factory. I didn't have much else to occupy my time. It was still pitch black in here. There was no doubt about it. I had put my guard down. I had a partner who granted me skills and the ability to engage in kind of passive conversation, and I let it get to my head. I suppose that had a lot to do with how for 90 days in a row, I never ran into any other creatures. No danger to my life whatsoever. But either way, I had let my guard down. For an instant, I was like, huh? I felt a sudden sensation that I had grown lighter or heavier, or, like, unstable. Did I, fall in some water? In the past 90 days, I hadn't felt so much as a drop of water hit my body. I'd assumed I was in a rain-free cave or some other kind of shelter, so. I had never even entertained the possibility before. I had probably slipped into a river or something. Rivers don't exist. Indoors, so maybe it was some kind of underground creek in this cave I was, in. Up to now, I had been careful with every step I took, making sure. Everything remained steady in the darkness. But after learning about my. Skills, getting full of myself, and using predation, to eat a pasture's worth of. Grass, I had stopped paying attention to what was under me. I was always like that. Getting cocky, then screwing it all up in the end. I proclaimed to a customer, oh, absolutely. That won't be any problem at all, and then have hell to pay. It had happened over and over. I still remember the spiteful looks the rest of my team gave me for it. Too bad I didn't think to stop myself in time. What kind of idiot runs off? Into parts unknown when they can't even see? If I survived this, I was gonna give myself what for. Of course, given my personality, I doubted I'd learn anything from it. It was funny how serenely I was handling this whole thing, though. Not. Like I had much in the form of arms or legs I could flail about in horrified. Panic. Guess it's over, then. Pretty short lifetime, even by slime standards, maybe. I said my final prayers, awaiting my inevitable suffocation. Suffocation never came. Why not? Did I not fall in the water? Time to call on the sage, maybe. Received. A slime's body operates exclusively on magicules. Oxygen is unnecessary, and therefore, so is breathing. That is why. You have not been engaging in that behavior. Oh. Right. I wasn't paying attention, but I guess there wasn't any. Breathing, was there? Made sense. Even after 90 days, I was still learning something new. But now wasn't the time to celebrate. I had fallen into water, and even if
I wouldn't die, it did still put me in kind of a bind. What now? I couldn't. Really tell whether I was floating or sinking. My lack of limbs precluded. Any attempt at swimming. Would I wind up at the bottom sooner or later? And be able to creep my way back to the surface? Or was I doomed to bob? Around in the middle of the current, never reaching much of anywhere? Though, if anything, it felt less like a violent torrent and more like I was. Being rocked in a cradle. Very gently rocked. It felt pretty good, even. Something told me this wasn't flowing water after all. Maybe it was a lake, not a river. I didn't feel as though I was being taken anywhere. I was. Just kind of bobbing up and down, like a plastic bag, and it didn't feel as if. I'd ever hit bottom. If things stayed this way, I was in big trouble. What now? Just then, my brain cells, or my slime body, I guess, came up with an ingenious plan. Maybe I could go all predator on this water and then spit it out for some water jet propulsion. Would that work? Only one way to find out, not like I could do anything else. So I started drinking, filling my predator stomach up to approximately 10% of its capacity. Then, I expelled it, like I was wringing out my stomach. The sense of release was exhilarating. Suddenly, I heard a voice in my mind. Water pressure propulsion skill acquired. It was the first time I recognized it. This had to be the so-called world. Language. There was no mistaking it, since the sage spoke only when. Spoken to, but the two voices did sound exactly the same. But I didn't have a moment to ponder over this. The more pressure I applied on the water, the more pressure I felt on myself, and I was rocketing. Forward at astonishing speed, as if I was about to launch myself into the. Sky. The acceleration was intense. Honestly, maybe it was a good thing I couldn't see. Instead, I just basked in the sensation of my body zipping. Along through the darkness. Well, let me clarify. If I could have seen my surroundings, I'm sure the fear would have been intense, but not being able to see was just as terrifying. If you've ever been on a roller coaster in an amusement park in total darkness, perhaps you'd understand the feeling. My mind flashed back to my previous life and the single day I spent visiting a certain paradise under the rule of a certain rodent. At least as magical dreamland offered safety. Harnesses. By this point, I wanted to punch myself for coming up with the idea and trying it out right after thinking it up. Come on, man. What happened? To some kind of, you know, preliminary safety check? The terror was starting to affect my train of thought. How long would I keep accelerating? How much water did I spit out, anyway? As that thought occurred to me, I felt my body crash headlong into something and bounce off it. I braced myself for a wave of paralyzing pain. Which never came. Huh? Shouldn't that have, like, damaged me? Or did it damage me, and... I just didn't feel it or whatever? Received. You have acquired cancel pain, which interrupts the... Creation of pain. Your resist melee attack has reduced the amount... Of damage taken. The amount of damage your body has incurred is... 10%. The intrinsic slime skill, self-regeneration has taken. Effect. Would you like to support it with your predator unique skill? Yes. No. Oh, so I was hurt a little, then? Made sense. I wasn't sure whether this was a good or bad thing, but as long as I knew something was up, then maybe I didn't need to feel pain after all. It'd make certain things easier. Predator support, though, huh? I don't really get it, but sure. Yes. At that moment, I was greeted with the feeling that I had suddenly lost some of my body mass. After a while, I felt it return. My damaged parts had been predated, analyzed, and repaired. Talk about a useful body to have. I should try testing later to see how much of it I can afford to lose before I'm 
KO'd. It was way too dangerous to mess with in detail, but I guess I could. Afford to go without at least a bit of it at a time, so. Something told me I was getting a little too careful, anyway. I had a stockpile of recovery potions, which I didn't even have to use. And I would have figured losing a tenth of my body would be a pretty serious issue, but now I knew I could just regenerate it in the space of ten seconds. Next. Time I was damaged, I'd try using those potions. So where am I, I wonder. Making sure my body was back to normal, I checked out my surroundings. No telling what kind of dangerous monsters. Might be nearby. I was out of the water, but maybe there were scary, scaly. Things waiting for me on the other side. Slowly, carefully, I started taking action. It kind of seemed as if whenever I did something carefully, it meant I was about to be exposed to a heap of danger. I was sure it was just my mind. Playing tricks on me, though. And that thought probably did me no favors, because, can you hear me, little one? I heard something. Little one? It's probably not anyone besides me, is it? It wasn't a voice, exactly, but something I could recognize more directly. And instinctually in my mind. I didn't have any ears to listen with anyway. Hello. You can hear me, can you not? Respond to me. Well, no shit. But how was I supposed to reply without any mouth? As an experiment, I tried thinking shut up, baldy. In my mind, not like this. Guy could hear it or anything. But how was I gonna get anywhere here if I couldn't even give a Oh ho, you dare to call me bald, do you? Rather a lot of nerve. Packed into such a little body, no? I had hoped to give my first guest in. Quite a while a little kindness, but it would seem you are in rather a hurry to. Die. Oh. Geez, could have warned me that would work first. And I had no idea who I was dealing with either. Well, that was it. My loss. Time for an apology. I'm sorry. I didn't know how to reply to you, so I just tried saying the first thing that came to mind. I'm really sorry about that. I can't see anything right now, so I have no idea what you even look like. Did that come across? Kind of rude to call this guy bald when I couldn't even see him, I supposed. If he was, I'd probably just pushed some very delicate buttons. Ha ha ha. Ah ha ha. Ah ha 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 ha. The resulting laugh came in three distinct levels. A masterpiece. So were. We cool now, or. How fascinating. I had assumed you reacted as such upon seeing me, but you cannot, eh? Most slimes are low-level monsters, incapable of. Conscious thought as they run through the cycle of absorption, division, and regeneration. It is the rare one, indeed, that ever leaves its habitat. Now what was he talking about? Was he more curious than angry, then, or? Either way, this was my first contact with another intelligent being. The first conversation in my new, oozy life. I wanted to keep it a friendly. One. You had aroused my curiosity, slime, by the way you so eagerly slammed. Into my body. The regenerative powers you just showed astonish me. Are. You a named monster, perhaps, or a unique? A what? And a what? Say again? I'm sorry, I don't get what you mean. I've only been alive here for ninety days. Hmm. I suppose, with your sentience, you were never destined to be. Merely a slime. Named monsters are those who have been assigned an exclusive name. But only ninety days? Ridiculous. Are you a unique, then? Unique meaning. A unique monster is an individual who has suddenly attained unusual abilities akin to mutation. They are occasionally born in areas with high magical concentrations. Perhaps you were born from the mass of magicules that leaked out from me, then? Ma? What the heck?
Let's try using my previous world knowledge to suss this out. This guy. I'll call him a guy for convenience's sake, had been leaking magic all over. The local area. It was so thick, in fact, that it gave birth to a monster. A slime. Me. Was that it? Hmm. No monster has ever come close to approaching my domain in the past 300 years. If you were born from my magical force, then perhaps, indeed, that gave you the power to touch me and live to tell the tale. Oh. So you're kind of, like, my dad, then? No, not your parent by blood. I have no reproductive ability to speak of. Some monsters do, and some do not, you see. Really? Because I thought that kind of came with the package by default. But if I just spontaneously burst out from magic or whatever, maybe you don't need it, huh? Your intellectual abilities surprise me. Very few, indeed, are the monsters that possess anything of the sort. Among all the monsters, only magic-born have sentience in the way you or I would understand it. The commentary went on for a while. But the most important thing to learn from it was that apparently humans existed in this world, too. Then, there were non-humans, species very close to mankind in nature, and similarly gifted with reproductive abilities. These included races like elves, hobbits, dwarves, and other fairy types, and generally they were allied with the humans. Alongside that, you had races like goblins, orcs, lizard men, and so on, which were hostile toward mankind and treated like monsters as a result. This animosity wasn't inherent to their biology, however, so crossbreeding was entirely possible. Next were the magic-born people, the catch-all term for those who came into being from magic itself, monsters who experienced sudden Mutation, and sentient beings evolved from animals or magical beasts. They had both intelligence and reproductive ability, but only within their own subspecies. In their upper social castes existed titans, vampires, devils, and other longer-lived species, all equally capable of having offspring, although they rarely did so, since their overwhelming magic force caused them to be nigh-immortal, obviating the need to leave descendants. These diverse intelligent, reproducing species were hostile to mankind, and collectively referred to as the magic-born race. And reading between the lines, the impression I got was that the magic-born weren't so much overtly hostile toward humans as the humans feared and coveted their powers. It remained true, though, that both sides were fighting for their own living spaces. These sundry monsters had been classified by levels of danger. The upper ranks of the magic-born were packed with some pretty powerful buggers, all capable of leveling a human town solo, if they felt like it. Not the kinds of guys you'd want to hang around, so my new companion kept going for a while, about how he'd fought against the upper-level magic-born in the past, and so on. Finally, the subject turned back to me. As I told you, then, I lack the ability to produce offspring. The reason is simple. Because I do not need to. I am of the dragon race, one of only. For in the world, both unique and the most perfect of my kind. You will hereby know me as Veldora, the storm dragon. My lifespan is infinite, my Flesh unfathomable. As long as my will remains intact, I shall be ever alive. Ahahahahaha, <laughs> he could have skipped the laughter. I got it. So he didn't need to have kids, because he was gonna live forever, right? And while this guy took a while to get to the point, he did mention something I didn't want to overlook. Veldora was the storm, dragon? Plus, if he liked taking a good-natured swipe at upper-level magic-born. Now and then, he was, like, pretty tough, wasn't he? Using my knowledge of Earth stuff, I tried to picture Veldora the storm. Dragon, no doubt seated in front of me right now. I didn't like what my mind came up with. He seemed to be acting polite with me, 
and that made it all the creepier. So what now? W.O.W., really? Well, thanks for all that handy guidance, sir. Guess I better be on my way, then. I tried my best to flee. Halt. I have told you all about myself. It is your turn now, would you not? Agree? I probably shouldn't have expected any other treatment. Hmm. He. Wanted to know about me? If I told him about my miraculous journey from an alien planet, would he believe me? He seemed to marvel at how smart I was for a slime. If I tried to make something up, I doubted he'd fall for it. Such an attempt seemed like a good way to dig my own grave. Well, whatever. If he didn't believe me, I'd deal with it then. Summoning my resolve, I told Veldora everything that had happened to me. So far. So. Yeah. Here I am, I guess. It's been super rough, you know? While prudently keeping the topic of my skills unexplored, I regaled the dragon with my tale of being stabbed, waking up as a slime, and everything else that happened on the way to his domain. It was a bit weird how, well, non-rough it all sounded when I put it into words. But it was rough for me all the same. And the worst part was how I was literally operating blind the entire way. If some cute lady passed me on the road later on, would I ever get to see her? The thought saddened me a little. Hmm. So a transmigrant, then? Your origins are quite rare, indeed. Huh? Are they? And you? Transmigrant? This isn't any big surprise. To you? What's with that reaction? So these transmigrants were common. Enough that he had a name for them? What was so rare about it, then? Humph. You do see transmigrants, on occasion. Their memories from the past are burned into their souls, due to a powerful will. There are some, indeed, who retain every memory of their past lives. But a transmigrant. From another world. That is quite uncommon. A regular soul, by itself, would have no hope of surviving a journey across realms. It would dissolve. Midway, taking its memories with it. Someone retaining their full mind, and becoming reborn as a monster out of pure magic. I cannot recall any past. Example of that. Quite, peculiar, indeed. Transmigrants from other worlds, it seemed, kept only part of their memories at best. Someone like me, who still had them all, was pretty well. Unheard of, not that I cared too much. He had just told me something I couldn't afford to ignore. A soul, by itself. So you could travel to this world without getting reincarnated or anything? Huh. Am I that unusual? Cause it sure doesn't feel that way. Are there people, then, who come here from other worlds without being trans-whatevered? There are. None have succeeded in traveling to another world from here, but there are more than a few that have completed their travels here from elsewhere. They are known as visitors, or otherworlders, and they bear knowledge of things that do not exist in this world. They acquire, as I hear it, some manner of special power when they make the journey here. Beyond that, there are records of transmigrants, who, as I said, bear knowledge of other worlds. Not all of them choose to openly identify themselves as such, though, I imagine. Interesting. I didn't know whether they came from the same planet I did, but it might be good to chat with them a bit. There might even be some. From Japan, for all I knew. It was probably best for my sanity to have a goal. While I was here, besides. I see, I see. In that case, I think I'll try and track down some of these. Otherworlders, as you called them. Maybe I'll find someone from my own. Land. Well, one moment. You said you cannot see, yes? Oh, uh, yeah. And? It was a pain in the ass, yes, but as long as I took my time and kept from getting myself killed, I was sure I'd run into some 
Fellow visitors. Probably. Let me help you see, then. Um, what? Damn. This guy. I mean, Deldora the Storm Dragon. He. Was acting way too nice to me, wasn't he? Could I really trust him? Uh, really? Indeed. On one condition, however. What do you say? I didn't like the sound of that, but, ah, uh, what the hell? What kind of condition? A simple one. When I grant you the ability of sight, I beg of you not to. Fear me. That, and I bid you come visit and speak to me again. That is all. I, trust my terms are agreeable to you? That's all? Was he sure? What a lonely dragon. Guess there was no one. Else around at the top. No wonder he couldn't stop talking to me. I must have. Been his first conversational partner in ages. If I'd had my druthers, I would have said this dragon was a total. Pushover. He might have been feeding me a line this whole time, even, saying. He was a dragon. Maybe the dragons in this world weren't even all that. Powerful in the first place. Heh. This was a pretty good deal. Is that really all you need? Yes. To be honest with you, I was sealed away in here 300. Years ago. Ever since then, I have had so much free time on my hands, I was practically out of my mind with boredom. What do you think? 